Chase, white circle, shoots and scores! A shorthanded goal for Jonathan Tate! Kubelik in front, he shoots and scores! Dominic Kubelik on a belief line, right circle, shoots and scores! He set it up for Carpenter to slice and he scores! Patrick Kane has a thousand NHL points! It's time for another episode of Blackhawks Crazy. Presented by FanList. Zach Smith enters the Sabres zone, put it down the right wing here. Doc with the back and he scores! Kirby Doc! Chris Bowden and Joe Brand break down the latest storylines concerning your Chicago Blackhawks. Kane now with three, put it across the ring and shoots, he scores! The cat connects with a one-timer from the left circle. Here's Chris Bowden and Joe Brand. Welcome to a post-draft edition of a Blackhawks Crazy Podcast. I'm your pre- and post-game host on WGN Radio, Chris Bowden, flying solo on this particular edition, minus Joe Brand, who will rejoin me for our next Blackhawks Crazy Podcast over the weekend after the first 24 hours or so of free agency that begins at 11 a.m. Chicago time on Friday afternoon. But this will be, of course, draft-centric as we record here just... uh, Oh, minutes after the Blackhawks closed their 2020 draft over Tuesday and Wednesday with eight selections by position, three forwards, four defensemen, and one goaltender that occurred in the second round. And let's begin with the number one pick for the Blackhawks, 17th overall, the first time that they ever had an opportunity to draft in that slot. And with it, they chose Lucas Reichel, a left winger out of Ice Baron Berlin, who scored 12 goals and 24 points in 42 games for the Deutsche League Pro team, Ice Baron Berlin. He was a 17-year-old playing with men, and with those numbers that I just spat out, it shows that he held his own quite very well. And he also added two goals and five points in seven games at the World Junior Championships. He's the son of a German Hockey Hall of Famer, Martin, and the nephew of Robert Reichel, who played 11 NHL seasons, 830 games for Calgary. The Islanders, Phoenix, and Toronto scored 252 goals and 630 points, and also was a member of the Czech Republic's 1998 Olympic gold medal winning team. And if that name, uh, Ice Baron Berlin, does sound familiar, yes, Reichel was a member of that team that played in the exhibition late last September and the Blackhawks trip overseas. The exhibition against Ice Baron Berlin preceded their regular season opener in Prague against the Philadelphia Flyers. So as we hear from Reichel on his Zoom call with Chicago media from Berlin, a restaurant there at about 3 o'clock local time, which for us was Tuesday evening, which for him was Wednesday morning, uh, we hear from Reichel here discussing proving himself as a 17-year-old with men in Germany's highest professional league. Also, uh, the high bar that he compares himself to with a current NHL player, his bloodlines, and the admiration he has for the Blackhawks uh, franchise, and one player in particular. But he begins here talking about playing against that team that would become his future team a year ago. Yeah, it's a great feeling and uh, feels so great. And yeah, the game against... Uh... Chicago was unreal for me and uh, to play against uh, the top stars like Jonathan Taves and uh, Patrick Kane, that's, it was a great experience for me and yeah. Hi Lucas, uh, congratulations. Um, uh, how would you describe your game? Do you have any guys in the NHL you model your game after and uh, what do you think your timetable is for uh, arriving in the NHL? Um, yeah, my game style is... Uh, Maybe like Elias Patterson, uh, because I'm not the biggest guy, not the strongest guy on the ice, but uh, I'm a smart guy. I'm a good skater. I like to shoot. 
and yeah, that's my game style. And uh, yeah, I don't know uh, when the season starts here in Germany, and uh, maybe I can play in, uh, in next year or in maybe two or three years in the NHL. So we will see what's gonna happen. I want to ask you, uh, what was the communication uh, like uh, with? Uh, Stanford and the scouting staff, like what things did you kind of talk about? What do you think that they see in you, that they uh, – the selection on you? Um, I think they're seeing uh, like I have good potential. Like uh, if I get stronger in the next years or in the next season, then uh, I can uh, be a good, a good player and a stronger guy and play a more physical game. How do you think your game progressed – this past year, playing against men in your league, uh, what, what kind of steps do you think you really took over the past year? Uh, yeah, uh, it was like the first uh, first games in the pro league. It was hard uh, because, like I said, I'm not the uh, strongest guy on the ice, but uh, I had a lot of uh, video meetings uh, with the coach. We watched all my uh, shifts uh, from the last games and I tried, he said like what was good and what was not so good and I tried to improve uh, that uh, in the next game and uh, yeah, that's why I'm uh, here now. I wanted to ask you about your uncle Robert and if you've been able to learn anything about him and his experience from the NHL. Um, yeah, I learned uh, good things uh, from him and from my dad too. Um, we are a hockey family and I learned so many things from my family and uh, it's just awesome to have them here and they're supporting me all the time. I would like to know how are the emotions during a draft when you not know when you're going to be picked? How do you process that and how nervous have you been? And then as a second question, how much of an impact do you think it has that Leon Dreisaitl has become MVP and that kind of like leading the way for other German players as they're, yeah, that they're being acknowledged in the US and in Canada? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was very nervous uh, before the draft and like I said, my whole team and my family was here and uh, they were nervous too and uh, now I enjoy the time and uh, it's an honor to uh, to play maybe in two or next season with the Chicago and uh, it's just an honor and yeah, what Dreisaitl did uh, last season, that's unreal and uh, it's very good for Germany and I think in the next years, Germany will uh, improve and uh, can play against the big nations. Lucas, welcome to Chicago. I wanted to know, I mean, last season, that preseason game against Chicago was really one of your first tastes of the pro level. What was that experience like? I know you mentioned playing against Kane and Taze, but how, uh, how surreal was that and how big of a, a wake-up call, I guess, was that to the level of hockey that you're trying to take your game to? Yeah, it was... Uh, uh, good experience, and uh, I know how they play. Like in the NHL, I, like I played against Chicago, and uh, I know uh, what's going on there. And uh, the game was a great experience for me. Like I said, Lucas, I, I wanted to go back to the game you played against the Blackhawks. Um, did you get a chance to meet any of the players? Was there any interaction? Did you have any wow moments on the ice when you're going up against a Kane or a Tave? Uh, no, uh, no, I had no. Uh, never meet like um, Taves or uh, Kane, but uh, I hope I'm looking forward to meet them in the next years or in the next month. 
just want to get a sense of what you know about the history of the Blackhawks and the, and the history and, and vibe of the city of Chicago. Like, not much. Uh, when I was younger, I uh, always, uh, my favorite player was always uh, uh, Patrick Kane. And yeah, my favorite team was always uh, Chicago. And uh, yeah, that's, that's, and now I'm, uh, a Chicago, I'm a Blackhawks too, and that's so awesome. You heard Reichel there say he's gained about 13 pounds or so. Uh, we assume that's from his original listing of 172, so he could conceivably be up to 185 as that frame tries to build out. And uh, you also heard him asked about uh, the growing impression that players from Germany are having in the NHL. First and foremost, obviously, Leon Dreisaitl, whom the Blackhawks saw in that uh, preliminary round of the uh, playoffs following the pause. Dreisaitl, of course, the Hart, the Ross, and the Lindsay Trophy winner in this season's NHL. Also, Dominic Cahoon, who, by the way, was not qualified and offered by the Buffalo Sabres after they acquired him from Pittsburgh following the Olimata trade that the Blackhawks sent uh, Cahoon to Pittsburgh in. Uh, some of the other uh, big names from Germany through the course of the years, Thomas Grice and Philip Grubauer, a couple of current NHL goalies, also Marco Stum, Uwe Krupp, Marcel Gotch. But it's becoming more and more common to see these German players. And Dreisaitl, I'm sure, has a lot to do with that. Last year, Detroit, with the number 6 overall pick, chose defenseman Moritz Seider. And also in this particular draft, the number 3 overall went to Ottawa. Tim Stutzla and Reichel uh, trains with Stutzla. So uh, there in the top 17, there were a pair of uh, players from Germany, and that isn't the end of it because 34th overall, uh, J.J. Paterka was chosen by the Buffalo Sabres. So three of the top 34 choices in this 2020 draft hail from Germany. Some of the other potential options that the Blackhawks had before choosing Reichel, who's, uh, some of the other, uh, names who were associated or, uh, speculated with the Blackhawks to pick at number 17 overall. Center Dawson Mercer went on the next pick, 18th to New Jersey. Another center, Hendrick, Hendricks Lapierre went 22nd to Washington. He has had a number of, uh, injury issues. Thought to be three consecutive concussions over the span of 10 months, but then there was a gray area in which a couple of doctors said it was uh, just a neck injury on two of those, and it was corrected. And then 24th overall, Calgary selected another center, Connor Zeri, who would have been there for the taking that a lot of people thought the Blackhawks were seriously considering. So before we hear from the Blackhawks, Mark Kelly, let's hear from some of the uh, neutral observers and what they had to say about Reichel, who was a number 11th ranked international skater by the NHL Central Scouting Bureau. And some of the words that the Central Scouting Bureau had to say about him, a talented playmaker, excellent skater, likes to go to the net, a good work ethic, an attitude, an effective checker, and uh, a smart passer with good puck skills. As for a couple of guys from The Athletic who, let's face it, see these guys a lot more than I do or a lot more than... Blackhawk fans out there with an opinion on who they should and shouldn't take. Uh, Scott Wheeler and Corey Pronman from The Athletic. Here's what they had to say about Reichel. Wheeler saying, uh, smooth player, uh, long fluid stride, soft hands, uh, comfortable with the puck on his stick and knows where to go to get open uh, when it is not on his stick. A very impressive skater who's come a long way in a short amount of time. It feels like he is just getting started. As for Pronman, he said he always saw some skills and speed to Reichel's game, but this season uh, saw a high level of creativity with the puck, making difficult plays through defenders to his teammates, a high IQ due to his creativity in small areas. The last penalty that Reichel took was two years ago in juniors, but 
the Pranman said that's not because he's necessarily soft. Uh, uh, he is, uh, can be a physical energy guy, despite the, the frame that he had that has been filling out. And he can be hard in puck pursuits. He drives to the net very frequently and win battles with bigger players. And finally, uh, Chris Peters, the uh, uh, prospect expert from ESPN.com, says that Reichel is on an NHL trajectory with some added strength and pace. Uh, he has uh, hand skills and hockey sense that our sensational creativity is off the charts, and there's no fear or apprehension in his game, despite being a much smaller guy in that German professional league playing against the many. He has a chance to be a pretty good NHL player, a high-end deceptive uh, player with his shot, and uh, he can shoot accurately with the puck as well. That according to Chris Peters of ESPN.com. So let's now hear from uh, the man behind the selection, the Blackhawks Vice President of Amateur Scouting, Mark Kelly on Reichel, on uh, the physical strengths uh, that he has to gain and the strength of his game right now. How Mark envisions Reichel's role with the Hawks down the road once he is ready to be an NHLer. How he and Stan Bowman actually made a serious swing at moving up six or seven spots in that first round of the draft, leading to some speculations about pursuing the top goalie prospect in the draft, uh, Yaroslav Askarov. And also on Reichel's surprising growth playing in that top German league last season. But uh, he begins here talking about the players' on-ice introduction to his future team late last September in the Hawks exhibition in Berlin versus Eichbaron. Well, I think it was kind of an introduction. I think it was unique, um, but uh, I wasn't there, so I didn't see the game. I actually watched some film of it. Um, I think that's a neat part of the story, but I don't think that really played into it. It certainly opened eyes. What do you see as uh, some of Lucas's strengths and as the thing he has to work on uh, mostly his strength? He talked about maybe putting on 12 or 13 pounds already since the end of the year. Yeah, he, uh, I, I think his body, I mean, is still going to mature. He's going to get stronger. Um, I think the thing that stands out in his game is the hockey IQ, um, his ability to make plays. Um, he, you know, he can make plays on his own, but where he really stands out he makes plays. He's very inclusive. Hey, Mark, I know you guys like to project what the ceiling is going to be when you draft these players. So what is Lucas's ceiling if you see him, you know, four or five years down the road? Uh, well, because of the IQ, his ability to play with skilled players, uh, you know, we think he has the potential to be, you know, an impact player and play in the top six. What did you think about how the, the first round played out before you guys selected? And uh, we know you've, you've said in the past you're always pushing to move up. Uh, what was the dialogue like uh, with you and Stan about possibly moving up uh, in that first round? Well, the, the dialogue was there probably from, I would say, uh, right after Minnesota. Um, you know, Stan was uh, on the phone. We talked. I know we talked with uh, Winnipeg, with Nashville, and Florida. Um, we, we looked at the possibility of moving up. Um, we, the teams really weren't very receptive to uh, trading back. So we, we just kind of played it out, and we had to sweat out probably four names. Can you tell me if – if uh, Lucas reminds you of anyone in particular I've seen in uh, Central Scouting that uh, he's compared to John Tavares, is, is there someone um, uh, that he uh, projects to be in your mind? 
No, I, I, I don't really compare him to a player. Um, I think his IQ and his puck skills, um, I think we project him that he'll be able to play, you know, with a Kirby, with a Kaner, with, um, you know, certainly with, with a Debrinket. Um, he, he has that kind of playmaking ability in that uh, IQ that he can make fast plays. Hey, Mark, we talked before the draft. You mentioned you like to watch the progression of these guys over the course of the entire season, really see how they take that step. What did you see from Lucas in his first level as a, as a true pro this year in Germany? Well, one of the things about Lucas is he had a really good year with Ice Baron. Uh, he went to Ice Baron. They recruited him there. But the expectation this year was he would play with the J-20. And he went to training camp. And really, from the outset of talking to the Ice Baron people, he exceeded their expectations. Um, and then he made the team. And it, uh, he made the team as a uh, important part of the team. If you watch them play, uh, he was playing in the top nine. He was on the top power play. So I, I think what really stood out for us was he kept exceeding expectations when he got to the World Juniors. Um, he was not a passenger on that team. He was one of the top players. Mark, do you kind of had a projection of how, how quickly you guys like to come have him come over? No, we, we really haven't gotten into that yet, Scott. I think, um, you know, that's something, a conversation for uh, Stan to have uh, with Lucas as Lucas's agent. And also, I think, you know, we'll talk to Ice Baron and kind of see where they have him. Uh, he's in a really good spot. Uh, he gets lots of ice time. Um, the the development he's getting right now in Ice Baron is, um, you know, we like that. That that was one of the attractions to him. He's in a really good situation. Um, probably if you looked at it like situation development-wise, um, it's a perfect fit. Uh, hey, Mark, uh, what do you think of Lucas's physical maturation? He said he's gained 13 pounds this summer. Well, what do you think he projects as in terms of weight and size wise? Well, that that'll really that'll be something for uh, Paul Goodman and his staff. But we like him, you know. If you look at the body, he has a lean, long body. Um, uh, you know, he has good bone structure. He has a body that can um, you know carry more muscle than he has right now. We, you know, if you look at him physically, um, he's not a small kid. He's not really a slight kid. But you can see the potential for that body to grow. The expectation is that uh, Reichel will play one more year in Berlin with Ice Baron and then reassess. You heard Mark Kelly talk about uh, what a good spot that is for him now. And while we're on the subject of this number 17 overall pick, let's take a look at the last 10 drafts. Who was selected and what kind of impact they did or didn't have as a player, as we look back on things year later, and I, of course, it's a little bit more difficult here in recent years. A year ago at number 19, or in 2019 at number 17, Vegas selected Peyton Krebs. There, it is still a very high end player, a lot of high expectations for what he can do in the NHL. And just two years ago in 2018, New Jersey selected defenseman Ty Smith, 
who has been a point-per-game player at Spokane but has yet to make his NHL debut. That could very well come this season. Three years ago, Toronto selected Timothy Lilligren, uh, who debuted with 11 games this past season, only getting one point, although there could be more responsibility on his shoulders expected this year from the Maple Leafs with them in such a, a salary cap dicey situation. Four years ago, it was Dante Fabro of the Nashville Predators. Blackhawks fans certainly familiar with him and his first full season this year playing 64 games, had five goals and 11 points for the Nashville Predators as a regular in their lineup. Then you get to some bigger impact players. In 2015, the 17th overall pick by Winnipeg was Kyle Connor. He played one year in Michigan after being selected, and then 20 games with Winnipeg in 16 and 17. And then every year after that, he has scored 31, 34, and 38 goals. Obviously, uh, he is one of uh, the plum players that came at that number 17 spot in recent years. Back in 2014, Philadelphia selected Travis Sanheim, and after he was chosen, two years in the WHL, one in the AHL, and then 19 goals and uh, 70 points in 200 games for the Flyers since then, and he seems to be growing as an impact player on that Philadelphia squad. Back in 2013, it was Curtis Lazar of Ottawa, uh, he is now on his third team, the center is, with the Buffalo Sabres. He has been more or less a third or fourth line player. In 2012, aside from Kyle Connor, the biggest impact player thus far at number 17 over the past decade, Tomas Hurdle of San Jose, played one year in the Czech League after being drafted, and now seven years in San Jose, collecting 132 goals, 280 points in 453 games, a real impact player for the Sharks. Back in 2011, Nathan Bolio, the defenseman chosen by Montreal, he has been pretty much a third-pair guy once he has now established himself in the NHL, but he's with his third team already, pretty much a third-pair guy or a seventh D. And then back in 2010, a guy who is no longer in the NHL, matter of fact, played only 13 games in the league when Colorado chose Joey Heshon with the number 17 overall pick. And you heard Mark Kelly there discussing the possibility of moving up to 10, 11, and 12. And as we mentioned, that led to some speculation that they were after Yaroslav Askarov, the number one rated goalie by far in this draft. And it turns out, you know, going up 10, 11, and 12, following Minnesota's pick at number nine, three consecutive Central Division teams. So at 10, Winnipeg had that pick. They chose center Cole Perfetti. Nashville then chose Askarov, the goalie from the KHL. And here's the thing about him, kind of like it is with these goalies going into college with Drew Comessa, who we'll get to in a moment. They're two years away with Askarov having a commitment for two more years for the KHL. The earliest that he will see the NHL is the 2022-23 season. And then uh, the other factor, at number 12, that Mark mentioned, that was the Florida Panthers. And uh, they were also reluctant and eventually uh, to trade uh, down, eventually sucking center Anton Lundell. The Panthers did at the number 12 overall pick. And uh, uh, some of the uh, uh, first-round other uh, highlights there, uh, Lafreniere, uh, Alexi Lafreniere, of course, went first overall. No surprise there to the New York Rangers, while Quinton Byfield went second to the L.A. Kings, the big center out of uh, Sudbury of the OHL. And then Ottawa came up third, and they had three first-round picks. They ended up taking the aforementioned Tim Sutzla, uh, third overall from uh, Mannheim, Germany. They also had a couple of other picks later on in that round. Uh, the Ottawa Senators did as they selected, uh, let's see, 28th overall center Ridley Gregg. Uh, they selected uh, at 28 overall, and then they had another selection 
Two spots after, they selected at number five, defenseman Jake Sanderson from the U.S. National Development Program. And some of the other teams with multiple draft picks, uh, New Jersey as well. Uh, Ottawa had three picks, so did the New Jersey Devils. At seven, they selected Alexander Holtz. As that rebuild continues at 18, right after the Blackhawks chose Reichel, we chose, uh, mentioned that they selected Dawson Mercer the center out of Chicutami, and then two selections later, they uh, selected a defenseman from the KHL. Uh, the Rangers had a couple of picks. Uh, of course, it was Lafreniere, the number one overall pick, but their rebuild continued after they selected Capocacco, number two overall a year ago. They moved up to uh, select defenseman Braden Schneider from Brandon of the WHL at 19th overall. Anaheim also had a pair of cent- uh, pair of picks in that opening round. Starting at number six, they selected defenseman Jamie Drysdale, and then later on in the round, they chose right wing. Jakob Perot from Sarnia of the OHL. But more importantly, there's a tie to the Blackhawks there because Jakob is the son of the Blackhawks, one of the Blackhawks developmental coach, Yannick Perot. So uh, he goes instead to the Anaheim Mighty Ducks, who had a flair for selecting some of the local guys with local ties here in Chicago. The only other uh, first-rounder to go with some local ties, he played for the Chicago Steel, Brendan Brisson, who is committed to the University of Michigan. He went 29th overall to the Vegas Golden Knights. So without further ado, let's get to the Blackhawks' second-round pick. And that, of course, at number 46 overall was Drew Camesso, the uh, number 2 North American goalie, according to Central Scouting, behind Nicholas Dawes of Guelph of the OHL. But Dawes ended up being the sixth goalie selected in this draft. Uh, the next goalie to go after Camesso was, uh, was uh, Joel Blomquist from Finland, number 52 to Pittsburgh, which went back-to-back on picks with goaltenders. But more on Camesso here. 18-7-1 with a 2.05 goals against average, 9.20 save percentage, and three shutouts for the U.S. National Development Program. He will attend Boston University, six foot two, 180 pounds. Let's hear what some of the others had to say. The neutral observers, as we did with Lucas Reichel, Chris Peters from ESPN.com had him rated as the number two goalie in the draft, saying he was really sharp in the net for a team that didn't score much. Uh, he uh, has good technique, and he uh, really earned his, uh, really buttered the bread of the U.S. national development team with a lack of offense overall this year. Corey Pronman of The Athletic says it was an excellent season as one of the better goalies to pass through uh, the NA, uh, National Development Program in recent seasons, impressed with the more he saw of him. And a as quick reaction, tracks the puck well. Smaller sample size, though, due to a shortened season, uh, may have brought some doubts, according to some people. But as Coach Seth Appert of the U.S. Development Program says his goalie there was very consistent with numbers among the best in the history of the program. Doesn't let in the ones that sneak through and makes everything look easy. So let's hear from the Boston area native on seeing his future team break his heart versus his favorite team seven years ago. Also, his idols, his style, and how he had a premonition he could be a hawk and his pro timetable. I'm very happy to be at Boston University right now and um, you know, they've had a, a great record of, you know, putting out really top end goalies and um, hopefully I can continue that tradition and spend a few years to develop there and, you know, mature there and grow my game there. So, um, yeah, definitely a few years at Boston University and um, we'll go from there. Hey, Drew, uh, congratulations. Um, which goaltenders did you grow up watching as a kid and, and who do you try to, I guess, uh, study? Yeah, uh, I grew up a, a big Bruins fan. Um, we had season tickets right behind the net. So I was fortunate enough to go to a lot of those games and 
Um, I definitely watched Tim Thomas a lot when I was a kid. Um, he was definitely my idol. And, you know, watching them win the cup that year, that was pretty special. And um, now I like to watch Tuber Rask a lot um, just because, you know, he's playing a lot of games there. And you know, I think I play a lot like Carter Hart right now in the NHL. Um, we have a similar body frame. Um, you know, he's the same height as me, the same weight as me. And um, he plays a really efficient and calm, quick game. So um, I like to do that in my game as well. So, uh, yeah, I like to watch him a lot. How would you describe your goaltending style? What are your, your strengths and weaknesses right now? Um, yeah, I think my strengths right now are I'm a very calm and efficient goalie. Um, you know, you don't really find me scrambling or really making those crazy highlight reel saves too much. I'd, I'd rather just make the simple save in my chest. And um, I try just to simplify the game as much as possible and, and be very efficient. And I think that helps my team a lot too, just you know, in the hectic moments of the game, looking back and knowing that I have everything under control. Um, and there's a lot of things I want to work on as well. As I go into college, the game's only going to get faster. And I want to work on my rebound control and skating. Um, those are two big areas that I really want to work on is you know, the game's only going to get faster from here. So work on my skating and um, you know, holding those rebounds to get more whistles for my team. Just curious, you know, how you got into hockey, how you decided to become a goaltender, any little backstories you can tell us about um, uh, growing up and your path to, to getting to this point. Yeah, I started playing hockey really young. I, I played for the local town team, South Shore Seahawks, and I was actually a forward. And um, I tried out for a, a club team right down the road, the Bay State Breakers, uh, actually as a forward. Um, in the first year I got cut, I didn't make it. And the next year I made it as an alternate. So, you know, I was only playing games and I needed it as a forward. And um, that team only had one goalie. And a lot of times he could miss games because he was playing with another team as well. And um, I actually switched from forward to, to goalie on that club team. And um, after that year, when I played part-time, I started playing full-time goalie for that team. And, you know, ever since then, I've stuck with it. I was the only goalie on that team for a while, and um, I think that helped me a lot. You mentioned being a, a Bruins fan growing up and having seats behind the net. Uh, when you were, oh, I don't know, I guess you were 11 in 2013. Do you remember that uh, Stanley Cup final in, in, in 2013? And did you happen to go to TD Garden to see any of those games? Yeah, so I, I wasn't at the, the Garden for that game. But, man, yeah, I, I remember the pain watching that and, you know, watching you guys score a few quick ones. And um, I guess now, you know, I threw for the Blackhawks now, and I'm very happy to. But, you know, back then, just being such a hardcore Bruins fan, you know, knowing we were so close to doing it again. Um, yeah, that was definitely pretty painful. I, I'm pretty sure I cried during it. So, um, yeah, that was, that was a funny moment. <laughs> Were you? Uh, did you know the Blackhawks were interested in what? What sort of conversation might you have had? I guess previous with them. Um, yeah, I, I knew the Blackhawks were always on the radar, and you know, I guess draft day you don't really know, you know, who's going to pick you. And um, I kind of went into it with a blank mind, just you know, any team could pick me at any point, and um, I think that really helped me, just you know, kind of calm the nerves a little bit. And you know, as as it got later on um, in the second round today, I knew that you know any team could come up and. I've talked to the Blackhawks a lot, and, um, you know, they're a world-class organization, and you know, they brought us out to dinner and stuff. So um, I couldn't say, you know, good enough things about their scouting department, and um, I'm just really excited to be a Blackhawk. Drew Comesso is the uh, highest the Blackhawks have gone with a goalie in the NHL draft since they selected Kent Simpson in the second round back in 2010, and prior to that, Corey Crawford in the second round back in 2003. And with the remaining picks, that the Blackhawks had in this 2020 draft. They went with two more college-bound Americans in round three. At number 79 overall, they went with Landon Swaggart, 
also from the U.S. National Development Team, where he had 13 goals and 24 points. He previously played for the Chicago Mission. He is a South Bend native who will be attending the University of Notre Dame. We'll have some familiar faces around him. His dad, Andy, is an associate head coach over there, and his brother, Graham, is a junior at Notre Dame this season. He goes 5'11", 180, and they followed that two selections later at 81st overall with defenseman Wyatt Kaiser, uh, a high schooler now enrolled at Minnesota Duluth, one again one of the elite programs in the NCAA. And over high school in Minnesota, he was selected as the top senior defenseman in the state. And that is no small great shakes right there. Also the captain of his team, he goes six foot and one seventy three. Uh, very impressive, fluid skater. You'll hear Mark Kelly talk about him in just a moment. Perhaps a little bit more he can do about getting involved offensively in his game. Uh, then, in round number four, another defenseman, 6'3", 202, from Sparta, Praha, in Prague, Michael Krutel, a workhorse defenseman, a shutdown defender type who's physical and can st- skate, but he himself says uh, things he has to improve on are a shot and, and make more quick decisions on the ice. That's where he feels he can grow his game. In round number five, yet another defenseman. It was Isaac Phillips, a big 6'4", 193-pounder, who has already played three years at Sudbury, the OHL, and a real interesting background as his grandparents come from St. Vincent and the Grenadines. Nine goals, 26 points in 53 games for Sudbury this year. Again, he's been playing uh, there for three years. Probably one more to go before uh, he sets his sights on professional hockey. He said that is the plan. Skating, athleticism, versatile, but still a bit raw. That are some of the comments by uh, some of the neutral observer scouts that have watched Phillips play. Then in the sixth round, a guy who's put up great numbers at Erie of the OHL. Yes, the place that produced Alex DeBrinkett and Dylan Strom. Center Chad Yetman, 5'11", 178. 61 games last year for Erie. He had 43 goals and 74 points in 185 games over the last three years. 73 goals and 147 points. And yes, a couple of years ago, he did have some exposure to Dylan Strom and Alex Dabrinkit. He was quite young at the time in a camp there, while Strom and Dabrinkit were some of the captains uh, divvied up on other teams, but uh, didn't get to know them that well, but nevertheless was under the same roof and on the same sheet of ice as two current Blackhawks. And then the Blackhawks traded back into the seventh round. Originally, they didn't have a pick. And they swapped with Montreal, getting the second pick of the seventh round, 188 overall from the Canadians in exchange for a seventh rounder next year. And with that, they took a right-handed shooting defenseman, Louis Crevier, from Chicoutimi of the QHL, six foot seven, 216 pounds. He was a teammate of Hendricks Lapierre and Dawson Mercer, who were first rounders uh, taken this year uh, out of Chicoutimi. 10 goals, 11 assists for 21 points, a plus 18 in 59 games this season for Chicoutimi. Let's see if that guy can fill out and become an impact player. Not many seventh rounders make the jump to the NHL, but it's not impossible. It has been done before. So without further ado, let's once again hear from the vice president of amateur scouting, Mark Kelly. Uh, beginning with the decision to pick a goalie early in round two. Well, I mean, I think we go into every draft. Um, we kind of get them on the board, and as it plays out, um, if they're there, we want to draft them. I think what we like about Drew is uh, we've watched him quite a bit. He's going to be at BU. He's going to be with that U.S. under-20 team. Uh, I think situationally right now he's in a really good development position. Uh, there's a lot to like about him. Just looking at the the big picture, uh, 
did the draft unfold like you expected? And um, was this, uh, were you targeting, planning to target the U.S. development team? Is there like some special insight or special relationship that you have that uh, kind of swayed you toward that? They're uh, five miles from my house. I see them quite a bit, but I don't think we specifically um, targeted them. We see them quite a bit. Um, you know, they're the U.S. team because it's a, uh, you know, they try to put together what they think are the best prospects of that age group. So um, they're, you know, they're a good team. It's really good players. They're deep. So we've had some success there. Hey, Mark, uh, this might be asking a lot, but would it be possible to kind of just go down the list of the picks today and, and give us just a little bit of info or insight on each of them? Okay. Uh, well, Drew Comesto, um, athletic, goaltender, really good size, 6'2 plus, um, going to Boston University. He's, uh, we expect him to get the net there. We expect him to be um, right in the mix to be the goaltender for the World Junior Team, the U.S. team. Um, you know, he's a uh, he's a bright kid. He's a student of the game. He, a lot of times we don't talk about goaltenders and the goaltenders' hockey sense, but I think with Drew, I think it, it's obvious that his IQ, uh, he understands how the play develops. So I think that bodes well for him. Um, if I talk about uh, Landon Slager, um, what we liked about Landon's game, it's a uh, 200-foot compete, um, very, very responsible. Uh, he has a very good skill set, a good skater. Um, but, you know, we know he's a really good teammate. The coach likes him. He's a guy that you want on your team. Uh, Wyatt Kaiser, a little bit maybe behind the curve a little bit, but he's at uh, – uh, is a true freshman. He's in at the University of Minnesota Duluth. Uh, we've been in contact there with their coaches. Um, they're very, very high on him. Uh, we expect him to go in and have a uh, pretty prominent role right from the start. Uh, very good skater, moves the puck well, uh, very competitive kid. Uh, Michael Cruto. Michael is a little bit uh, a little bit behind the curve, 6'3 defenseman, very good skater, uh, moves the puck well. Uh, he's very good chance that he would be on the check under 20 team. Uh, right now, he is playing with a Division One team over in the Czech Republic. Uh, eventually, he'll be moving over to Kelowna in the WHL. Uh, Isaac Phillips. Uh, Ontario plays up at Sudbury. The interesting thing about Isaac was uh, we would go up, you know, to watch Byfield, uh, Jack Thompson, and in watching them, it's like, um, who's this guy? Uh, he always kept caught our eye, athletic, very good skater, um, very, very competitive. Uh, he just has a great presence on the ice. Uh, Chad Yetman is the kid that um, – the best way to describe him is it took a few years for him to grow on us, but every year we've seen an improvement. This year uh, he scored 40-some-odd goals, and uh, another one, we'd go in to see Jamie Drysdale play, and it's, who's this guy? Um, and it was every game you went to see Erie play, you noticed him. Um, and uh, Louis Crevier uh, plays on Chicoutimi, another one he played in the same team with uh, Mercer. And uh, Lapierre, 
Um, he's six seven uh, defenseman defender. Um, very very responsible, competitive. Um, what you notice about him is when the other team's best player was on the ice, Louis was on the ice defending. Hey, Mark, you guys obviously drafted those four defensemen in the later rounds. It seems like most of them, though, are more defensive-minded. Was that kind of the goal to try and complement some of those puck movers that you guys have in your pipeline with more defensive-minded defensemen? Uh, good observation. Great question. Um, it did come in. I mean, obviously, at that point in the draft, we're starting to look at the depth chart, and uh, I, I think it does play a part because we, you know, we have some uh, mobile puck-moving, puck-carrying defensemen. So uh, these guys all probably fit that good partner mode. Hey, Mark, I was just curious. Was there anybody that you took that you were really excited that they fell to you today? Well, I, we were very, very concerned on uh, Comesso to start. Um, there was a few teams there that had had multiple picks. Um, we knew the goaltender, um, you know, once the goaltenders start getting picked, we know they're going to go. Um, we were we were sweating that one out a little bit that he was there in the middle of the round for us. Cleaning up some other business from the draft in terms of Chicago area kids, we mentioned uh, Brendan Brisson and uh, Jakob Perot going in the first round. They have some Chicago ties, and then yeah, the Chicago Steel with uh, gaining a real good reputation for that program. Out in Geneva under Ryan Hardy. Here are some of their draft picks that uh, were uh, part of the 2020 collection. In the second round, Sam Colangelo from the Steel went to the Anaheim Mighty Ducks. In the third round, Ian Moore, a defenseman, also going to the Ducks. In the fourth round, uh, Kyle O'Coin, who played for the Chicago Mission, was playing for Tri-City of the USHL. He, of course, is the son of former Blackhawk Adrian O'Coin. He was uh, chosen to begin the uh, sixth round by Detroit. One other member of the Steel I skipped out on, Sean Farrell. He was a fourth rounder, selected by the Montreal Canadiens at the very end of that round, and then bouncing back to the sixth round. A couple of other members of the Steel were selected. Luke Reed uh, went to the Nashville Predators, and Joe Miller went to the Toronto Maple Leafs. As for the Blackhawks, once again, next up, of course, the start of free agency. We did not hear from Vice President and General Manager Stan Bowman immediately following the draft on uh, Wednesday. He will speak to the media on Thursday ahead of the start of the draft. Again, 11 a.m. on Friday. So uh, we don't have Stan available for the, on this particular podcast. And uh, there is work to do in terms of coming to terms, qualifying offers with his restricted free agents, the likes of uh, Kubalik and Strom and a handful of others, Cuckoo and Kajula, whether to go forward with them. And, of course, the big story being Corey Crawford, as well as the Blackhawks goalie situation from a number one standpoint, is in flux until Corey's situation plays itself out. And before we wrap up here, I wanted to tell you that this NHL draft started with the commissioner, Gary Bettman, pronouncing that uh, he and the NHL Players Association have agreed that now the projection for the start of the 2020-21 regular season won't come until 2021. January 1st to be exact. That's the date they are now targeting. Originally when the CBA came together during the course of this pause in order to resume play for the playoffs and eventually crowning the Tampa Bay Lightning as the Stanley Cup champions, there was an idea to get things together in November 17th for the start of training camp and a December 1st 
start to the regular season. Well, since the season just ended last week, there's no way Tampa Bay and Dallas are going to sign off on that. And then as we move forward with the unknowns of this pandemic, some other things have to be figured out. So once this first wave of free agency heading into next week begins, I'm sure the NHL offices, the Players Association will get together on formulating plans, ideas to kick around on how they are going to pull this off. And right now, the plan is to start on January 1st. Let's see if they can get this done and the world agrees with it. In the meantime, we will be back with another Blackhawks Crazy Podcast. Coming up on Saturday, Joe Brand will rejoin me as we examine the first 24 hours or so of free agency. Look for that coming away some point on Saturday afternoon. In the meantime, we thank you for joining us here on our post-draft edition of the Blackhawks Crazy Podcast. Also want to thank our producer, Curtis Koch, Brett Jackson as well for setting things up in studio, and as always, to Ernie Sken. Again, hope you can join us on Saturday afternoon. We have a fresh edition of a Blackhawks Crazy Podcast. I'm Chris Bowden. Thanks for listening, everyone. Help up there! The Hawks win the Stanley Cup! Thanks for listening to the Blackhawks Crazy Podcast. Tell a friend, subscribe, and join the conversation. And follow the guys on Twitter, at Bowden Tweets, and at Joe underscore Brand One. That was great!